listening to the Loving BDSM Podcast, episode 326. Kayla Lord's here with the one, the only, oh my God, he's back with me. I'm not alone this time. I'm so happy. John Brownstone. Wow. Dude, I was a hot mess last week. I heard. Uh, podcast listeners didn't have to hear all of it, thankfully. I, <laughs> I, I cried the first 10 minutes of the live stream, though. <laughs> Because I don't like it, and I didn't like the reason you couldn't be with me, and I didn't like the fact that you couldn't be with me, and I had not done this by myself in literal years, and I did not like that, and I was very sad and tired and stressed. But I'm very glad you're here with me now this week. Hopefully that part's back to normal. We shall see. Yeah. Taking it day by day, week by week. Right. But that means that when you're here with me, I'm going to be really fucking excited, is all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> this week, since you're back, let's, let's talk about something. Let's like have a deep, meaningful conversation. Uh, and Lola's going to howl in the background. Uh, we're actually going to talk about people-pleasing, which is a massive topic, uh, and power exchange, specifically how it can interact with power exchange per uh, our uh, experiences. Welcome to the Loving BDSM podcast. If this is your first time listening, glad to have you. If you're back for another week, welcome back. Loving BDSM is produced every Friday for your kinky pleasure and education, and show notes are found at lovingbdsm.net. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite podcast app. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LovingBDSM, on FetLife at LovingBDSMPC, on Instagram at that handle I will forever fucking hate, LovingDS and the number one, that's at LovingDS1, or on YouTube at YouTube.com slash LovingBDSM, where you can watch us live stream the podcast every Wednesday. All links are in the show notes. Big thanks, as always, to our kinky patrons over on Patreon, including our newest peeps. We're able to do this weird thing on the internet uh, and have times when JB can literally not work uh, and keep going and still, you know, have lights and everything because of our kinky patrons. And we're grateful for every fucking one of you. If you'd like to join our kinky community, help support the work we do and get access to extra content and a Discord server with a group of super cool, super nice kingsters, you can do that. Just go to patreon.com slash Kayla Lords. That's patreon.com slash Kayla Lords, or use the link in the show notes. Okay, so I just want to say before we get started, we've got a ton of announcements, because of course we do, because it's been a hot minute since things were normal. If JB starts to not feel so great while we're sitting here, he should get up, move around, do what he needs to do, right? Mm -hmm. Right, okay. Okay. Oh, I will. But did I choose a very large topic for this week and did uh, JB approve it on a week when he might not be 100%? Yes, yes, that did. That did also happen. Okay, so <laughs> let's go into the announcements because we got a ton. One, this coming Friday, October 21st, is the third Friday of the month. That's when we yeah. do an evening Friday night live stream. Uh, here on YouTube. Yes, as far as we know, we will be doing that this week. Uh, if JB's not feeling up for it, we will just reschedule it. We won't just like skip it. We'll just like push it back until when he can. Um, it starts at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, the first 30 minutes. We kind of ease into things, just kind of get our bearings, BS with everybody who's shown up so far. And then at around 10 o'clock, we open it up and we turn it into a Q&A. When there are no cues to A, we continue to bullshit <laughs> and hang out. Um, <laughs> Usually we go until midnight, but this is all based on how JB is feeling. And so if we have to cut it short, we have to cut it short. Um, so we, yeah, that. What were words? I lost them like right in mid-sentence, mid-thought. <laughs> Second announcement. I, I tried to blast it everywhere, but I'm saying it one more time because 
I found out after I had recorded last week's podcast, so podcast, podcast listeners might not know, uh, Evie Lupine interviewed us for her YouTube channel. And I'm not going to lie, when that email came through, I thought a celebrity had come to town. Right. And I was like, wait, is is are we prepared for royalty to show up? Uh, adore Evie. Think she's great. Love her videos. Uh, she has inspired a few episodes. She <laughs> inspired one uh, when she emailed me last week to let me know that the interview was live. And I was like, oh, that is a good one. We'll have to look into that. I'll have to tell you about that at some point. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and we had a great conversation. It was really fun to chat with her. We talked about our dynamic. We talked about building a DS dynamic. We talked about being a daddy, baby girl, all that good stuff. Um, we have linked it everywhere, but I will um, link it in the show notes for podcast listeners. Um, and if you're on YouTube, I linked it in the community tab so you can get it there if you have not watched it yet. And yes, as always, it is a long one. I actually saw one of the comments and they went another long one. And I was like, you just don't even know. We could have kept going. Mm -hmm. I think we almost timed out her Zoom call. Yeah. <laughs> we came real close. <laughs> and then our last announcement is an amazing announcement. It always makes me happy. Makes me so happy. Uh, thank you to this week's sponsor, Beducated. Beducated yes. is um, basically a platform where you can go learn about things like sex and kink and relationships and body stuff and just intimate stuff. And oh, it's it's like that other learning platform that constantly sponsors the vanillas <laughs> when it's for sex and relationships. <laughs> um, if you um, Use our link in the places, description box on YouTube, show notes page for podcast listeners. Um, you can get a free trial and you can, uh, if you decide to sign up once you're in and you're looking around, save 40% off a yearly pass with our code LOVING. Um, you get all kinds of classes to, uh, to kind of check out and do. And there's some for if you're solo, there's some for if you're in a relationship, there's some if you've got some problems, there's some if you're like, ooh, I wanna learn a new way to do sex. One of their newest classes totally caught my attention. It's called Body Bondage. Mm. And the phrase, I was like, what? And then I went to look at the class and went, oh, this is totally kind of my thing. Cause you know how I like to be pinned down by, like when you physically hold me down, this is a little bit of that. It's taught okay. by somebody named Lola Jean, who is a sex educator and a pro dom. So we like that. Somebody talking about mm -hmm. kink, teaching about kink, who knows kink. Um, and it's multiple like videos and there's some things to read, but most of it's videos and there's examples of what body bondage can mean. Like there was a bear hug pin. There was a like a full body, can't remember the words, what are words, but like with examples and how to do it. And I was like, oh, thank you. Yes, yes. <laughs> so. If you, if this or anything we've ever mentioned about Beducated in the past sounds interesting, level up your love life, join Beducated for just about $9.99 a month. Mm -hmm. uh, you can, sign, when you sign up for Beducated, you get access to all of the courses they have now. And while you're signed up, you get access to new stuff. You pay the one price, you get access to everything. The discount lasts the whole time you're a member. It's not a one month deal and then it goes away. As long as you have an active membership, ta-da, you get the discount. Link in the places. Thank you, Beducated, for sponsoring this week's episode. We love it. We love it. We love mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Okay. I do feel a little discombobulated. 
in a good way. I'm so oh, okay. excited that you're here. I was going to say, I, I could go away again. No, no, nobody wants that. Nobody wants to live through another one of those, okay? <laughs> Although I have to say, the comments <laughs> I received, especially from the YouTube video where I cried twice as much as I did on the podcast, uh, were very kind and they thank you all. Everybody was very generous. I got no hate or trolling. It was, it was delightful. Um, I still am deeply uncomfortable sharing deep, painful emotions like that in front of others. <laughs> Blame the childhood trauma. Um, so <laughs> this week we are talking about people pleasing because I'm an ambitious girl and I thought, you know what? JB's first week back, let's take on a topic that really should take three or four episodes because it's so big. Let's just do that. Uh, for the record, <laughs> he did approve this topic. I did, I okay. did. So I want to try and break this down as best we can. I actually want to try and follow our notes, even though we, we mostly me, do go off on tangents. So I have <laughs> broken this down. Okay. Um, we're going to spend a little bit of time actually talking about what in general people pleasing can mean. Um, and then we'll break, we'll go into more power exchange level stuff. And we will probably focus primarily on power exchange, dom, sub, less on people pleasing and kink scenes, you know, it, top bottom situation. Um, I think I'll, a lot of it will be transferable. Um, but my experience as a recovering people pleaser is from the perspective of a service submissive and who I think some people can probably relate. So let's start with what the hell is people pleasing? Did I go and try and get like a, like I know what it means Mm -hmm. To me, and the, the definition is in the title, I want to please people, but it's it's not just that. Like, it's more complex than that. Um, Merriam-Webster, apparently, mm -hmm. defines it as a person who has an emotional need to please others, often at the expense of their own needs or desires. And I think that's key. Mm -hmm. We can want to please the people in our lives that we care about, that are important to us, trying to establish meaningful relationships, but it's becomes a detriment and becomes a thing we have to go, oh, you're a people pleaser. Oh, I'm a people pleaser. Because what we're doing is we're doing it at the expense of what we need or want. We're either pushing it down or not admitting it or think that doing this instead of taking care of ourselves will benefit something in some way. So would you agree with that definition? Yes. Okay, cool. Yes. Um. So the, I got the uh, the definition that I went, yeah, yeah, that, that tracks, that resonates with me. And then I went, yeah, but, <laughs> but what causes people pleasing? Beyond some of the things we joke about are, you know, if you've got trauma, you have dark humor. It just kind of goes hand in hand. Um, so I did try to get a broader list of reasons for why people can become people pleasers. And I very few of us are like from the womb like this, okay? So um, all the things I'm reading from for the definition and these kinds of things before I get into the discussion, I have linked as resources in the places if you would like to go read. And I'm just pulling highlights so there's more there to read if you're interested. So this particular site, Medical News Today, gave a list that I kind of went, okay, so there's low self-esteem, Mm -hmm. Um, you want others to like you or validate you or be happy with you because you are not necessarily feeling that way about yourself. Anxiety. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. I feel that one. I feel that one. Um, feel anxious about fitting in rejection or causing offense. Yes. That's yep. Yep. 
conflict avoidance. Oh yes, I have said mm. yes to shit because I did not want to start a fight. I did not want somebody else mad at me. I did not want to get into a hard discussion. Nope, 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 nope. Don't like conflict. No, thank you. Uh, culture and socialization. So, you know, there are some cultures where yes, you are supposed to sacrifice yourself to take care of maybe it's family members, maybe it's a spouse, you know, however that might work in that particular culture. And can you be socialized both by a broader culture and your own family to be that way? Absolutely. Um, Inequity. So I would not have thought of this, but I thought, okay. So some forms of inequity can reinforce the idea that some people are meant to look after their others. And this is the cis women, hetero cis women taking care of their man kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Women are supposed to, air quote that, supposed to give up their whole sense of self to and sacrifice everything to take care of their husband, their children, their this, their that. Like we just lose ourselves is what society would tell us because that's our function, yeah. right? Um, personality disorders, which mm. again is another one I would not have necessarily gone, oh, okay. Um, they say personality disorders, long-term long -term mental health conditions, some of which may lead to people pleasing. Um, their example is a dependent personality disorder, DPD, I had not heard of that one, mm -hmm. causes a person to feel very dependent on others for help and approval in many facets of life. Um, for example, they may need other people's opinions to make simple decisions, such as choosing what to wear. And I'm so sorry, I was like, but that sounds like being a submissive. <laughs> I know that's not <laughs> universal, but I saw myself there. Uh, and then we get to the the one I think many of us recognize and it's trauma. Um, on another resource I found that talked about people pleasing that we'll, we'll talk about here in defining it. They, was it this one or maybe it was another one. They said most of people pleasing tendencies um, outside of maybe a, um, if there's a mental health reason, a personality disorder okay. um, as mentioned in that list, come from childhood, like some something happened in childhood um, where it was safer or better, air quote that word, to um, make other people happy. Uh, it was a protective thing. Um, or it was, we were made to feel bad for thinking, not thinking of no. others first, that kind of thing. Um, but it tends to be a thing that starts very young and then we just keep doing it because to us it's normal. And I say us because, well, yes, recovering people pleaser here. Um, so a another way to kind of define and help describe people pleasers before we get into the uh, convo specifically about power exchange. Um, let me get back to it. So um, this, one of these resources gives a list of typically people pleasers do these things. Now, of course, there's lots of variation. Uh, your mileage will definitely vary, but in general, um, afraid of being rejected or abandoned, uh, preoccupied about what others think and feel, fearful of saying no, setting limits or seeming mean. Ooh. Oh, I still struggle to send an email if I think I'm gonna sound mean to somebody who does not know me, does not care about me. Recovering is the key word there. Hmm. Um, hungry for the approval of others. Stuck in relationships where they give more than they get. Mm, been there. <laughs> Overworked because of an overdeveloped sense of personal responsibility. I just keep my hand up for these. Neglectful of their own needs. Exhausted, overbooked, and burned out trying to take care of others. Um, and <laughs> yes, yes to all those for me. And I think it's it's okay if you're like, I don't identify with all of those things. I think if you start thinking about 
what you how you take care of others and and neglect your own needs you'll find your own kind of sense of that um so some of the skills that people pleasers have which i think can be beneficial but whatever uh, taking the temperature of a room to tuning into how a situation feels i call it checking the vibes yes i can do that uh blending or editing themselves to fit in with the group yes uh, <laughs> intuiting what other people think feel and need in a situation I actually like that about me when I get it right, but yeah. <laughs> uh, caring for others, anticipating needs, and generally being indispensable. I, for many years of my life, have taken great pride in being indispensable. Um, one of the, the benefits, if you want to call it that, is a strong work ethic. I'm not mm. sure you can outwork a people pleaser. We're too afraid of being rejected, somebody being <laughs> mad at us, or somehow letting the world down. We will keep going. Are we dragging a leg behind us, bleeding out somewhere, and probably have a concussion? We still going. We still got shit to do because somebody might be mad at us. Now that is a broad generalization based on entirely my own experience. Um, so these are some other things, uh, things you might see in people pleasers as traits, okay? Low self-esteem, I've been there. Overachievement, yes. Uh, ironic coming from a submissive, but I identify with this one. A strong need for control. Uh, a type A personality style and perfectionism. I don't, mm. I don't know what you're talking about. I feel seen in a very painful way. <laughs> so here's the thing I want to say about a lot of these things, because some of these things coming from a submissive perspective, I would go, but I want to be indispensable. I'm a service sub. It fulfills me to take care of you, right? It fulfills me to do these things. Um, I like, you know, how I work, right? All right. I think that the key to knowing if, in this case, being a submissive who wants to please their partner mm -hmm. and how that differentiates from being a people pleaser in the way we commonly talk about it is the neglect of your own needs. I mean, we've done the episode on advocating for yourself. Yes. Um, we've done the episode on self-care and we tend to focus those conversations on submissives because depending on the type of submissive you are, you're probably running around trying to do things for your dominant partner and your family and this person and that person and your job and whatever. The well runs dry. And then you're burnt out. We did the episode mm -hmm. on burnout. Yep. Um, these things can happen. You know, any, everybody needs to think about um, self-care. Everybody needs to advocate for yeah. themselves. Anybody can get burnt out. But if you are a people pleaser, <laughs> whoo, you're going, you're all of those, the burnout especially. So that is a very broad, probably long mm -hmm. discussion of what being a people pleaser means. So we're gonna try and break this down okay. by power exchange side of the slash uh, in this conversation. I have a feeling the conversation we have on submissives will be longer than, than the dominant conversation. We're gonna start with dominance <laughs> and people pleasing in dominance because it is not just submissives who can be people pleasers because <laughs> you can be any side of the slash you wanna be and have gone through some shit and that could have the need to make people around you happy as a self-protective thing can be mm -hmm, how, mm -hmm. how you came out into the, you know, the rest of the world. So first of all, I would say, have you ever thought of yourself as a people pleaser? Um, 
Yeah, there's kind of a smidge of myself in there. Okay. 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 Um, you know, and I think where it falls into uh, the, the dominant part of it is, and, and I wrestle with this sometimes, um, where, okay, am I being too overindulgent? That was exactly what I was thinking about in terms of dominance being people mm-hmm. losers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, am, am I, you know, letting this person get away with too much, you know, just for the sake of, you know, them keeping, ma- them, happy. keeping them happy. Right. And, you know, sometimes it's, it's a fine line to walk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, because, yeah, there are times to be indulgent. And then there are times you kind of got to put the foot down. Mm-hmm. Weirdly, I go through phases where I'm like, I hope he's super indulgent. And then I go through <laughs> yeah. phases where I'm like, I really just need him to make a damn decision. It's going to suck. I want what I want. But I just, I just, if he'll just put his foot down, I'll be very happy. <laughs> I do think that's where, not always, not maybe not even often, there are some power exchange relationships that, you know, I get an email about or you'll see a conversation online happening and the submissive partner is complaining because they want their dominant to have rules and mm-hmm. implement those rules and stay firm. And then they'll tell them that they'll have these conversations. And then when push comes to shove, the dominant gives in or maybe they forget or they, you know, worry too much about a thing that's already been pre-negotiated now let me be very clear anybody at any time can withdraw consent from a thing that you previously negotiated but if from a dominant perspective what you're worried about is upsetting the other person not in a is this already a bad situation and adding more to it is not the right move more of a oh they might be a little mad at me and so i don't want to take this step in a consequence or mm-hmm. I don't want to speak too firm or I don't want to show them that they have actually annoyed me. And if you're the submissive who maybe either is a people pleaser yourself or not, but wants the thing that your dominant is fearful to give you because they're afraid you're going to be mad at them, you're going to be nothing but sort of like <laughs> annoyed or confused. Like, wait, you're supposed to be in charge here. Mm-hmm. I know I fucked this up. Aren't, there's a thing you're supposed to do, and yeah, I right. might get upset, but that's that's part of it. This is, you know. Well, and and see, in dealing with that, there comes because if if you're dealing with a submissive who truly wants to have, you know, structure and and some kind of protocols and 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 boundaries and be held accountable for them, um, you know, by by overindulging them, and you know, oh, you, that's okay, um, you know very easily lose respect in that person and i think there's a dissatisfaction and then there's a well they're not they say they want to be my dominant but they won't be the dominant that they say they'll be Mm -hmm. when we negotiate now i think there's i think if and we say this for submissives all the time but i think from a it works for dominance as well if there's a thing that when you're talking about it in the abstract you go yes i will do and then when it's time to do the thing something within you puts the brakes on you have to have another conversation about it to figure out and maybe do some introspective work. Y'all know how I feel mm-hmm. about that. Um, to figure out, is this really what I want to do? 
did I say this is what I wanted to do because it sounded right because my partner asked for it and in the moment it, when it wasn't right in front of me to have to do, it sounded like something I could do. Like if you're constantly putting the brakes on a thing you've already said you would do, all you're doing is disappointing your partner and potentially breeding resentment where what you need to do is have a conversation about, okay, I know I said I would do this, but every time I'm faced with doing it, it, it something doesn't feel right. So is there something else we can do instead? Yeah. Um, I don't think that dominants who, <laughs> let their people-pleasing tendencies take over are bad dominance. I think that um, it's the same thing that I think that helps me call myself a recovering people-pleaser. There's gotta be a sense of safety and trust um, right. because the thing I've had to learn to where I can say no to things is I had to trust that it would be okay ultimately or within our relationship specifically, that if I said no to you in the way that we both agree is the right way to do it for our power exchange, yeah, you would not only honor that, you would stay calm and be understanding. Like if you are the people pleasing Dom and you know that your submissive is gonna blow up at you when you do have to deny them, I can understand why as a self-protective thing, you mm -hmm. would be like, I don't wanna say no then do I? <laughs> because, you are a people pleaser and that can be, yeah. from my own perspective, and it feels like a physical pain yeah, when that happens. But at that point, if you're doing that, then that falls right into the avoiding conflict. Oh yeah, yeah, you definitely okay. are, you definitely you know, are. Yeah. And, and sometimes you just can't avoid right. the conflict. I agree, I agree, but I also understand. I understand how a dominant would be like, they're just gonna get pissed and maybe it's gonna devolve. Maybe we, mm -hmm. maybe you haven't developed the communication skills between you to have calm conversations about heated topics. And that is a lifelong learning skill, okay? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Most of the time you and I do that very well, but sometimes even now yeah. we struggle, right? So if you are still like even starting to acknowledge, oh yeah, I'm a people pleaser. <laughs> And also, oh yeah, as the one in charge, sometimes I'll be the cause of conflict, right? And you're not really <laughs> the cause of conflict, you're just telling somebody something they don't wanna hear. You know, depending on the relationship you have, if you can, if you recognize that about yourself as a dominant, and mm -hmm. if you said, oh shit, I'm a people-pleasing fucking dominant, I <laughs> maybe not in early days of a relationship because the, the foundation of that trust and safety has not quite been established. But right. at this point, if you thought that about yourself and you could see where it was impacting our dynamic, I would not think any less of you if you sat me down and went, here's an issue that I am working on and here's what that means. It means if I think you're going to explode in anger, which yes, submissives do, we are not <laughs> all demure, like shy, retiring little, fucking wallflowers or anything. Some of us have uh, opinions and get angry. I have opinions and try not to get angry. Blame the childhood trauma on that too. Anyway, um, but if you sat me down and went, here's where I'm struggling. This is why I sometimes make the decisions I do or don't make the decisions mm -hmm. and I'm working on it, but can we work on how we talk to one another? It shouldn't be one people pleaser telling the other partner, you have to change everything about you because the thing about people pleasing is you can unlearn some of it. You can learn to do new things. I think the sense of safety is important. I think it's almost sure, imperative. Well, yeah. If you don't feel safe, you're gonna fall back on the things that kept you right. safe when you were younger. It's just how mm -hmm, it works for most of mm -hmm. us. Um, but I would not think of you as any less of a dominant for admitting, yeah, this is who I am. I know myself well enough. 
And this is where we're going to struggle. And yeah. can we figure out a way to work through that together? Mm-hmm. You know, now, <laughs> I'm kind of glad you're not um, a big people pleaser because I, I have a feeling two people pleasers in a relationship, which is probably <laughs> quite common. That could that could be a, a different kind of challenge. <laughs> uh, if one of you can be the yeah. not people pleaser, you're probably going to do better. Is there anything else <laughs> you would add about dominance and people pleasing? I think if you are a dominant who's a people pleaser, please talk to us in whatever way. I'd mm-hmm. love to hear your perspective, how you handle it, how it affects your power exchange relationships. I just wanted to make sure we separated dom and sub out to acknowledge yeah, a dominant can be a people pleaser. Sometimes mm-hmm. that works really well. Indulgent caregivers, mm, that's so nice. I like it when you're indulgent. <laughs> but the key is, because you can be indulgent without being a people pleaser. The key yeah. is that you're not neglecting your own needs in order to make right. somebody else happy. You're not avoiding conflict. You're not keeping yourself, I'm gonna air quote this because this is a, you're not really keeping yourself safe by thinking you're keeping yourself safe by being a people pleaser, um, not in the relationship. Um, but yeah. So next topic, the submissives mm. are people pleasers. Uh, again, there's a wide variation of what it means to be a people pleaser, how we all act, how it can interact with um, our dominance or submission. Most of my thoughts and opinions are from my own perspective with my own experiences. Your mileage will definitely vary. Um, (laughs) I am a long time people pleaser. I do it for nearly every reason listed (laughs) in all these places. Um, I know it comes from childhood. I know that it's a, it's a protective measure, mm-hmm. um, but it's not a protective measure because I have absolutely been stuck in relationships that were bad for me because I wanted to avoid the conflict and or keep the other person happy. Were they worthy of me caring about their happiness? No, <laughs> but I couldn't <laughs> see that. I was too scared otherwise. I have absolutely been socialized that, you know, girls should be nice, you know. Uh, do you need to walk around? Okay, right now. You know I can keep carrying the conversation. Oh, I, I, right, know, right. You I know you can. <laughs> I know you can. Um, I know you can. Yes, and has people pleasing played into my service mission? Absolutely. People pleasing has played into most parts of my life where I actually found success, which is the double edged sort of people pleasing because you do have the strong work ethic and you are dependable and you will take Mm -hmm. on the extra task and you're gonna do it to the best of your ability if you're a people pleaser like I am and people are gonna praise you for it. And so then you're gonna feel good and you'll be like, but why should I stop this? What you're then ignoring is the fact that you are always tired. You're not doing the things you wanna do. You are burnt out, you are, you are, res- I get resentful. The longer I do things out of people pleasing, and the see, more resentful here, I get. Here, here is a little funny twist to that. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you say, you know, you, you, you do all these things and you want to hang on to them and, and you do what you do because you want to make people happy. And and yet there's a twinge of resentment. Um, I, I, I believe it was several episodes ago we talked about um, the need to uh, handle our appointments better with the calendar. Yes. Yes. Okay? And we have done so. Mm-hmm. When I approached her about 
wanting this calendar to be virtual or, or electronic in some sh way, shape, or form, okay, I had to wrestle it out of her. <laughs> She, the did, control. she did not want to let that go. Even though I desperately <laughs> wanted to let that go. <laughs> right. And and I, I had to stand my ground and mm -hmm. put my foot down with you to, to get you to do that. Um, especially with all the things I've been going through lately. I have had a ton of appointments. So many appointments. So many appointments. And it's not quite over yet. Um, you know, and I needed to be able to look add a calendar and see when you know things can be done and she fought me tooth and nail it's that control well and i did that other thing of it'll take busy people do this i don't know if it's a people pleaser thing but i know busy people do this mm -hmm. it's gonna take me longer to set that up than if i just hold it all in my head now never mind yeah. when it gets explosively busy in our life i am the life administrator for this whole family i am the default parent mm -hmm. i'm the first one they're coming to i know all of the details about every of every person in this household uh feline canine and human <laughs> keep it all in my head try to write it down um and sometimes I'm very proud of that. In some ways I see it as an act of service to you right. for our family. I make your life easier. I like making your life easier. Yeah. However, on those busy tired days when it's just, yeah. I'm at my limit, am I also walking around in my head going, nobody appreciates me. That's a thing. I don't know how common it is amongst like people pleasers, but the stereotype of people pleasers is we tend to know, at least in our own head, not always where we would say it out loud <laughs> because that would not be pleasing to the people. Mm -hmm. Nobody appreciates me. Nobody knows what I do for them. Nobody gives as much as I give. And the thing is, is on some level that's true because I don't let anybody. It is much safer yeah. and easier if I take care of all of you than to share some of the details because it goes back to that dishwasher argument we've had for years. <laughs> it took you, it took you being you for me to finally go, there's no right way. I mean, there is a, is there an actual wrong way to load a dishwasher? Of course there is, but your way and my way are just different ways. And so changing things to the calendar so you have access and I have access and it's written down, it doesn't have to mm -hmm. live in my head and we can look at our life at a glance and go, okay, this is happening. Yeah. I resented, I, I resisted doing it because I was like, that, you're taking time. I don't have this kind of time, I got shit to do. And then I did it and I went, oh, yeah. oh that's nice. Because one, I don't have to come running to you every time. What do we have going on on such and such day? And <laughs> invariably you would, a busy people pleaser, you would. And my first response would not be my most submissive. It would be, right. I would snap because it would be busy mm -hmm. and I'd have to stop using this part of my brain for this thing I was working on and shift like yeah. if you're not sure am i just a very happy submissive who wants to take care of, of my partner or partners yeah. and and i just enjoy that or am i a people pleaser who happens to be submissive and wants to take care of people i would say from my experience look for the resentment you might feel look for where you're willing to do it but sometimes you're cranky about it and not cranky because you're just tired but like People can't do it right. Like if you have that refrain in your head or <laughs> you're like, I wanna do this for you, but nobody does this kind of stuff for me in return. Um, first of all, if you feel that way, please talk to the people in your life because 
as a people pleaser, I, the, I read this in one of the resources that I've linked in the places, I can't remember which one. And it basically said something like, you're right, people don't do for you what you do for them because we're not just doing it because we like to, we wanna take care of the people in our lives. We're doing it from a self-protective place of, oh, we have to go above and beyond what any mere mortal would normally do. Mm-hmm. And then we're shocked when mere mortals who are not people pleasers aren't giving us the same thing at the same level that we give them. You can sometimes get that from your partner or the people in your life, but you're gonna have to communicate it. I'm really shitty about this as a submissive. I will give and give, and sometimes it is so fulfilling and it makes me feel so good. I wish my submission was not so closely tied to my (laughs) self-esteem. That's probably (laughs) the people pleasing, but I do feel so good when I can take care of a thing for you. Mm-hmm. or when I know that you're depending on me or when I know I'm the only one who can help you with this thing like that, that's, oh, that feels good. I don't know if it's healthy, but I know it feels good. And that lasts for so long. And then there comes a point because I'm given to you and I'm given to the 13 year old and I'm given to the 17 year old and I'm trying, I'm getting better at giving to myself mm-hmm. and I'm given to our business and I'm given to our home. and the, And it's when I give, 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 and I start to get annoyed by it. It's again, go back. Resentment (laughs) is the word, is what I feel the most. I don't, I don't know what other people feel, but that's what I tend to feel. And I think the hardest part though, as a people pleaser who happens to be submissive is the pulling back because there will be disappointment even if it's slight, because go back to that definition of reading the room, Mm -hmm. knowing the vibe, I know when you're disappointed. Now the problem is, is my brain goes, I am an awful human being. I have disappointed my daddy dumb. He will never love me again. None of that is true. Right. None of that is true. And I actively work at stopping. I have that initial thought, like I can feel it coming and cause I can read your disappointment that I'm saying, I cannot do this thing right now, or can you start doing it? Or this is not working. And I go, whoa, 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 nearly 10 years of knowing you. We are two months shy of 10 years of knowing one another. Mm. I know that the disappointment is, oh, okay, I have to shift my thinking. I, I have to change something. It is never, mm-hmm. and it never has been, thank God, disappointment in me as a person. And it's nearly 10 years of experience with that, that today now, nearly 10 years later, I can say I'm a recovering people pleaser. (laughs) Because the thing I would say to fellow people pleasers is disappointment by the people around us is inevitable. We really cannot stop that. I'm gonna say what is more disappointing. And this is how I, this is the self-talk I use. I'm overlapping into our last topic of what I've done to help myself become a recovering people pleaser. Um, it is the, he's disappointed about the thing. He's not disappointed in me. Right. I'm safe to tell him I cannot do this. I'm safe to, mm-hmm. I had to take a leap of faith early in our relationship to say like, get, do my first no, withdraw consent, something, something. Quite frankly, it's the fact that over the years in our power exchange, there have been times I've had to withdraw consent, both in terms of kinky activities and just in our day-to-day life as dom and sub and your reaction which has been mostly neutral oftentimes it's completely supportive because you're watching me 
work myself into an early fucking grave Mm -hmm. and you want me to stop, but you respect my autonomy enough, even though, yes, I'm very much the submissive, to kind of let me figure that out myself, unless I'm actively hurting myself in some way and then you will step in because he has permission to do that. Nobody breaks my toys. (laughs) And that's kind of the thing. (laughs) Your responses, your reactions, your non-reactions, the way you've been supportive, because Lord y'all, by the time a people pleaser finally says no, we (laughs) have documented, annotated and have an appendix or several appendices legal book reasons why we can't do this anymore. Cause we, from my experience as a people pleaser, I still struggle with saying, I don't want to. I don't know how to tell somebody no without giving them all of my perfectly fine justifications that they and would see, understand. That's, that's the that's the thing right there because <sighs> no is a complete sentence. I know and I will tell other people that all day long and mean it and mean it, please go out there and just Tell a random person no and mm-hmm. stop there and give no more. And I believe it hmm. for everybody but me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even for now, part of it is I think when you're in a power exchange, it is a little bit more comp, I don't want to say complicated, but complex because there are reasons why I do things for you that I do. We negotiated that. Mm-hmm. So if I have to come to you and say, I said I would do this and I can't do this anymore, I feel like it's only right that I give you some thought behind it, like what's going on. Um, For me, for us, that feels like the respectful thing to do, but I'm not gonna lie, there's a nuance there, there's a layer there that's like, but also I have to justify myself. I have to justify why I can't do this thing that I said I would do. I have to justify why I'm going to disappoint you. It's why, and I don't know if this is, if other, I know there are plenty of submissives who would understand this. Mm-hmm. You Sometimes we've talked about the worst punishment or consequence you can give me is telling me you're disappointed That's in me. That's true. And I know That's lots true. of submissives who would go, yeah, yeah, I feel that. How many of us who would go, yeah, yeah, are also people pleasers? If one of my biggest fears is disappointing you because I'm a people pleaser, but also one of my biggest fears is disappointing you because I'm your submissive, What's the line between those two? Right. For me, the line is that it might be something I'm afraid of. That's the not totally rational part of my brain, but I'm safe to do it. And I know I'm safe to do it. If I can let my rational, logical brain take over, mm-hmm. I'm safe to do it. So people pleasing as a submissive, you take on way too many tasks that you can't actually do. You burn out like a fucking candle, y'all. Sure. Sure. <laughs> That's part, we've talked about this before when we transitioned from long distance to in-person and we did way too much too fast. Yeah. Part of that was just assuming we could. Like we just were, we didn't know. We not, right. neither of us had lived a DS life. It had always been long distance online, mm-hmm. not in the day to day. So right. part of it was us being naive and just thinking, yeah, yeah, we to- we got this, this is fine. Um. Knowing what I know now, if let's say we had to do another transition, Mm -hmm. what I know about myself as a people pleaser is I know that even though my brain would go, this is not a good idea, this will not work, it didn't work the first time, I will want to let you have the laundry list of items because I know it makes you happy. There's a weird line between wanting to make you happy because it's fulfilling Mm -hmm. 
and wanting to make you happy because I want to make everybody happy so nobody is ever unhappy. My great, <laughs> yes, yes, I'll say this. <laughs> My greatest source of stress in life in interpersonal stuff is other people being unhappy and me thinking that for even half a second, I had something to do with it. And I say that that's my greatest source of stress, knowing what kind of financial stress we've, we're under and have been under, that is still worse because that feels like a physical pain. Financial stress, I can do something about because we're gonna use this strong work ethic <laughs> <laughs> to its fullest. But knowing that the people I love, that I care about, that I'm just around, sometimes I don't love them or care about them, I just have to be around them, are unhappy and I'm part of that, no, thank you. I will do almost anything in my power to stop that. Or I used to, I used to. Um, as a submissive who is a people pleaser, have I probably needed to say for it or not? Yeah, yeah, that's totally happened. Mm -hmm. Less with you, because our first scene, I had to say for it in like 30 seconds right. and you honored it. Again, that goes back to knowing I'm safe with you. And that's kind of a long-term thing. I mean, I mm -hmm. think everybody's own individual, like how well and quickly and comfortably you tend to trust new people in your life, like how that works for you. We know I have trust issues. It takes me a hot yeah. minute, right? But once I know it and I feel like I can depend on it because it's been consistent, I'll remind you again, uh, anybody with trust issues who's also a people pleaser, I don't believe individual words. I don't even believe actions. I believe patterns of actions. What are you doing day in and day out, right? How consistent mm -hmm. are you? Um, and you consistently been safe. So I can say, I know you want me to do that thing. I don't want to do that thing. I, I Have I ever told you I could not or would not do a thing without giving you a reason? Have I ever just done no as a complete sentence? Not to me, no. Okay. <laughs> no. No, with, with me, you've always given some kind of reason. Um, I'm also part of the overthinkers club. Yeah. I don't know how much of that now, has to do with on, people on pleasing the other, though. On, on the others, hang on. Yeah, he was gonna go let Lola mm -hmm. out. No, no, she'll be on, fine. On the other side of that, mm -hmm. there have been times where I know you have not been feeling well, where you have a migraine, mm -hmm. and, and I have had to stop you in your tracks and say, no, you are not going to do what you do because you need to get. And damn if I don't still try. I know you do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That I'll say is the benefit of being the submissive who has those tendencies and a dom with a mm -hmm. dom who does not, um, even though you ha might sometimes have those moments because you'll just say no. And you, you always respect me enough to tell me your reasoning, but you might not mm -hmm. tell me your reasoning right then. You might just go, no, big D is spoken. Get your ass mm -hmm. to bed. And I'm, now here's the really annoying thing. And I don't know, can anybody else out there relate? Cause I need to not be alone in this. You're telling me stop doing that thing. You're telling me go to bed. You're telling me go take care of yourself. You, you don't need right. to do this right now, right? My brain goes, well, he says that now, but in the morning when this isn't done, he will be disappointed. Uh, how can I be a good girl <laughs> if I don't do all of my chores? <laughs> like, <laughs> I can be getting explicit instructions and or permission, however you would like to classify that, to stop doing a thing. And my people pleasing brain 
which shares space with my submissive self. Mm-hmm. It's like no, but we we can't stop. But how? Where it's, we can't stop now? Now, see, to me, that's a little bit of a, a, a juxtaposition. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. Um, because as a submissive, you gather joy in doing what your big D tells you to do. Mm-hmm. So if your big D tells you, no, you are not doing that task because you need to take care of yourself right now, shouldn't that be? It should, if I can get my rational brain to turn on. <laughs> if I can switch the self-talk over to exactly that. Those are things I have to actively form the thoughts and sometimes say the words out loud so that I can internalize it and understand it. My daddy said, this is what he wants me to do. And doing this thing is what will make him happy. And then people pleasing go, can go, okay, this will make him happy. Um, <laughs> I don't, I, maybe it's, we call it a side effect of people pleasing. If the people pleasing part of you makes you a perfectionist, work harder than anybody, keep going when everybody else is like tapped out because you, you got to keep going. Nobody can be disappointed, mm-hmm. right? It also is probably what's driving the, but I can still do it. Yeah, I, I'm gonna hurt the whole time, but I could still get it done if you just give me five minutes. <laughs> That's the part that struggles with the stopping. The again, if I can let my if I can let both my we'll say my rational brain that's the submissive part of me switch on mm-hmm. and go, but doing exactly what you're told is actually what will make him happy right now. Check that off the list. <laughs> But the rational part of the brain does not always get to drive, okay? It's not always in control, however much I might wish it to be. (laughs) So from a submissive perspective, being a people pleaser, um, the other thing that I have not encountered, um, because I've been lucky, not for any other fucking reason, y'all. The other part of being a people pleaser who's a submissive is that you may not have firm boundaries. You may not have firm limits. You may say, I don't want to do that thing, but a a person who has, you've given authority, air quote that word, over you, your dom, Mm -hmm. may pressure you. And as a people pleaser, you may capitulate. And see, there's there's the, what I can kind of consider a dangerous side. Oh, hell yeah. A people pleaser, because in the hands of of the wrong person, um, you know, that is something that could very easily be exploited. Oh, absolutely. And and abused. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the person who will exploit it and abuse it is a walking red flag. Exactly. Okay. And I promise exactly. you that's not their only red flag. Yeah. There are others. Mm-hmm. That's just one. that, And you might not even see it until you pull back from the situation. Right. If you are the dominant or the top of a people pleasing submissive or bottom, but, you know, we've been talking mostly doms up here. And you push because you're going to have to be careful because I know in kinky fuckery, there are some doms who like to push limits and boundaries and see how far to the edge they can go. If you are working with a people pleaser, you might think that you're pushing them to their edge and actually fucking violate a boundary and become an unsafe person for them. So if you recognize that your partner is a people pleaser or they have had the conversation with you of, I know who I am and it is hard for me to say no, even though I want to say no, you know, you have a responsibility, I think, to once you understand that about a partner, right? Whether it's you've, you're, re, you're going through these resources or this episode and you're like, holy shit, I know exactly who that sounds like. 
or your partner recognizes in themselves that they are a people pleaser mm-hmm. and lets you know, right? Prove that you can be safe. Prove that you can be safe for them to say no to. But until you prove that to them, if that's what they need, like I do, you can't just be pushing at people pleasers boundaries willy nilly. Like that's gotta be a conversation outside of the kinky moment where the person can has, assuming that they feel comfortable telling you when they don't like something, telling mm-hmm. you when they're uncomfortable, right? I think that's a further into an established relationship kind of thing. A yeah. lot of fucking trust has to be built up. It's just mm-hmm. too easy. And yeah, I think it, some people will go, well, that people pleaser just needs to like buck up and learn how to say something. Well, we're trying, okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But if you add in a people pleasing submissive who wants to make their dominant partner happy because it makes their submissive side happy too, that can be an amazing, great thing, but it can, with the wrong person, I mean, it's a recipe for disaster and it's how plenty of submissives go, I don't wanna do this anymore. There's no such thing as a good dom, I'm out, right? Or it's how people get hurt or it's how people get violated. Like there's just, there's a responsibility on both parts, both sides of the slash, I'm not saying every people pleasing submissive gets a free pass and never has to try and negotiate their own fucking boundaries or you know stick up for themselves. Most people pleasing submissives I know, we tend to think of ourselves as pretty fucking strong. Why? Because we're usually shouldering the world's burdens and getting work done. <laughs> we, but if you if you don't know yourself yet, I think it's it's easier to happen. If you do know yeah. yourself, if you have not had an explicit conversation with a partner where they understand who you are and you're like, I'm a people pleaser and it's hard for me to say no to you. I need your help in making it easier for me to say no to you. And if you can't have a conversation like that with somebody, you might not be there yet, or they're knowingly or unknowingly taking advantage of your people pleasing. Mm-hmm. And that's a real risk. Yeah. I don't think it disqualifies anybody from being any side of the slash, but it is a risk that you need to be aware mm-hmm. of. You know, it's add that to my ever growing list. That's a scroll at this point that goes out the fucking door of why I think some level of introspection is a good idea. Speaking about the door. <laughs> Are you going to go check on the dog? Yeah. Um, there's a lot we can say about people pleasing in submissives because it's a very broad topic because submissives, depending on how you submit, give in to the whims and will of another human being hopefully while still having their own uh, necessary boundaries and limits. Uh, Maybe one day we'll come back to just that specific part of it. Um, But since we could talk forever about it, I think I'll stop here. Have we missed some things? Probably. Uh, If you are a people pleasing submissive or have ever been partnered with one and have more examples you would like to share, comment in the places that you have access to comment on. I'd like to go to one final section before we wrap this up. And that is, and I've kind of already been doing it, but I'll try to be concise yet. No, I can't even say that with a straight face. Um, How I have worked on overcoming my people pleasing tendencies when they are bad for me. Mm -hmm. I mean, even the, there are some things that we do that are not always healthy for us, but they have, there can be those benefits like having a strong work ethic, being somebody that Mm -hmm. people depend upon. I like those things. What I've had to temper that with is that is learning, it's okay to say no. Yeah. <laughs> I get to say no and and it gets to be okay. I do better at this with you. Go back to what I've said multiple times already. 
because mm-hmm. I am safe to say no to you. You've always respected consent. You've always respected boundaries. You've always, always respected limits. We have the kind of relationship where we talk through things. You've, to the best of your ability, because we're all human and sometimes things hit us weird, you've always been non-judgmental of even the weirdest shit that comes out of my mouth. You might give me a look, but you're like, well, that, that's my girl Kayla and I love her, <laughs> so okay. Uh, <laughs> um, and you have given me space to fully express myself, including mm-hmm. when I've struggled to say no. Also, you've done the thing that I cannot always do for myself, which can be a great benefit when you've got a really good power exchange relationship with both sides of the slash giving to each other in a way that suits. You will be the one that says no for me. No, mm-hmm. you're gonna stop doing this. No, you're not taking on that extra thing. Right. No, I don't think you need to do this. Um, that has given me a sense of safety to actually expand recovering from people pleasing in other areas of life. And I think that that then that it's a feedback loop. When I get mm. better at not people pleasing in vanilla sides of life, then I feel a little bit more confident with every no, with every I'm not interested, with every I cannot take that on that I say to somebody else. And then I'm able, better able to talk to you when I can't do this thing, or I thought I could do this thing, or, you know, whatever. I'm still really shitty at saying a damn thing when the resentment builds. Because for me, I feel very guilty when I feel resentment. Also, I get very pissy and I don't want to talk about it. That is the <laughs> that is one of my holdovers from don't why don't they just know? Why do I have to say it? How can you not know? Well, because people get comfortable. Sometimes people don't know because they don't want to know, and we're not talking about that. In in our situation, you don't know because you expect me to speak up on my own behalf, first of all. Mm-hmm. Second of all, we people we we are no exception get comfortable with what we consider normal True. and if it is normal for kayla to do this that this that and, and and seemingly handle it well because nobody can hear <laughs> what's going on in my head and nobody feels what's going on mm-hmm. in my body until i share it with them right then it's like well she's fine she's fine so we go back to self-advocacy which we've done an entire episode on and and it's hard i'm not gonna i'm not gonna pretend it's not hard i find it easier with you and this is both good and a little annoying easier with you than i do with total random fucking strangers that Mm. i will never ever lay eyes on or have a physical conversation with sending an email to tell a person that a thing they wanted me to do i cannot do cold sweat just can't not breathing well very like i get i get um agitated my anxiety turns to anger i'm like real real short like real until it's sent do i write that email 85 times and edit it within an inch of its life sure and then if it's a big thing like maybe um oh when i've had to let clients go good ones bad ones when i had to let clients go and they respond I'll actually ask JB to read that email before I'll read that email. And at one point that was a good thing. I set a limit with the client. I went, I can no longer do this work for you. I've had some other things going on. I'll have to terminate our agreement at blah, blah, blah. Like I was super professional. Mm -hmm. The people who worked for that guy that I dealt with most were super professional back. They were like, okay, fine. We'll work this out. The, The main client who stroked the check every fucking month 
lost his shit in email. Yeah. That was one. I remember that. I knew it was bad because he was blowing up my phone. He never called me. And then email and the, the subject line was like all caps or something. And you read that for me. And went, you're not reading this. We're just going to hit delete right now. There's nothing mm-hmm. this person is adding. And I think that was actually a good thing because had I read whatever his diatribe was, right? Like whatever his rant was, I would have internalized that. And it probably would have set me back on the road to recovery mm-hmm. from people pleasing a very long time. That's a very good benefit of having a dom who is not also a people pleaser or is not a people pleaser for the shit that's important to you. Like, I think you can both be people pleasers. I have found that I'll be people a people pleaser for myself and really strong for the other people in my life and be like, you tell that motherfucker, no, it's fine. You tell them, no, I can do that for other people that I can't always do for myself. Um, but doing that more and more often and... I was always going to survive any interaction that comes from that. Sure. But tell tell my lizard brain that, <laughs> right? <laughs> danger, danger. And I think that like things are going to go horribly wrong. I've had enough experiences where I said no, I politely declined, I, whatever, whatever, whatever. And it didn't go horribly wrong and I survived it. And sometimes people who are super kind are like, okay, great. Good to know. Good to know. That Then I could do it again. Like it just, it feeds on itself. Um but being better at doing things solely from a people-pleasing perspective with you and in our relationship, mm-hmm. um, I attribute that completely to you being a person who is safe to say no to. Like, <laughs> could I have done that on my own with extensive therapy and lots of role-playing, which we know I fucking hate anyway, and all the, <laughs> all the like more standard stuff? Of course. But having a person in your life that you can say no to, you do say no to, and who will say no to themselves on your behalf, like telling me not to finish a task that you know you assigned or whatever, I think that makes a big difference. Hmm. So that's Mm -hmm. kind of how I am doing it. I still struggle. That resentment thing is real. (laughs) Like I, there's that part of me that feels special and important (laughs) for like, being the one who can do all these things. And then that the other side of that coin is I'm exhausted and I'm pissy because why can't anybody do this shit for themselves? But then when I think about them doing it for themselves, I get weepy and I'm like, but then I'm not needed anymore because I'm putting my, my inherent sense of worth and value incorrectly into the things I do for other people and not into you know the things that are meaningful for me. But we determined this morning that you will always be needed because you will eat the first slice of bread. That's true. I eat the heels of, of the loaf of bread. Yep. See, is that is that because that's what I do? Or is that people pleasing? Because I love job security. Let me tell you, you're going to need me more than I need you. <laughs> I feel very good in that position. Um, yeah, there's a... Yeah. I can see all aspects of my life power exchange and not where my people pleasing tendencies come in even with how good i feel when i do a thing that i know i could have said no to the key you know i won't ever say that i'm not a people pleaser anymore (laughs) i'm still learning how to give fewer fucks okay that for me comes (laughs) straight from people pleasing um and conflict avoidance but yeah Mm -hmm. And I, I don't try to, I don't get into the weeds too terribly much of, is this my submission or is this people pleasing? The way I tend to look at it is, 
is this causing me harm to do? Because if it is, I've probably gone onto the side of people pleasing. Does it feel good to do? And I have the energy and the bandwidth to do it. And I want to do it and I consent to do it. And it does not cause me harm on any level, nor am I pissy about it. Submissive side. So yeah. this is a big topic. Yeah. You're almost fading. Kind of, sort of, maybe. Do you feel not. like you, my stomach just growled. I don't know if the mic picked it up. Do you feel like you can do a bonus section? Yes. Okay. Um, is it, is this one of those times where it's actually good that I do most of the talking? Maybe. I mean, not to the people who it, it strongly annoys. Yeah. Not going to lie. I'm not a people pleaser for those fuckers. And it makes me want to do it more. <laughs> <laughs> but I mostly just want to have a good episode more than I want to like annoy yeah. the trolls. So <laughs> anyway, uh, mm. we're going to. Stop it there. This is a massive topic. Um, we're not afraid to come back to topics when we feel like we have um, more to say. So if that happens, we will. Um, I, once again, thank you to Beducated for mm -hmm. uh, sponsoring this episode. Mm -hmm. And we will do a bonus section. Because mm -hmm. did I forget an announcement that I'm going to do at the top of the bonus section? Yes, I did. All right. <laughs> Because if you didn't, I was going to remind you. I know. I forgot to put it in my notes. Yeah, see? So, so I guess we're back. So are we good? <laughs> That's not for me to say. <laughs> Keep, Keep it kinky, y'all. And we'll hopefully both see you next week. Daddy. Yes, baby girl. Can I talk to the crickets, please? You can if you promise to tell them about Orlando and the woodshed. I know, I know. I forgot to put it in my list of announcements. I know, I know. <laughs> uh, top of the bonus section. Should have been top of the announcement section. I did mention it last week, though, but it was after I sobbed. So it's okay if people missed it. <laughs> uh, November 19th, we will be in Orlando at the woodshed as the kinkery. Uh, normally, mm -hmm. I'd love to send you to the kinkery.com, but oh, I'm going to bitch about that during this bonus section. Anyway, um, but we will be uh, selling our kinky wares at their, I can't remember the full name of it, but the kinky something sh uh, extravaganza. The holiday extravaganza, I believe there it's we called. Go. They yeah. basically open up the dungeon and set it up for vendors to come in and mm -hmm. sell our kinky shit. Yeah. Uh, we've purchased like floggers from there and rope from there and like yeah. all kinds of stuff. It's free to come into the dungeon during that time. Normally, there's a, an entry fee, but not during this uh Mm -hmm. shopping extravaganza uh i want to say it's from three to seven yeah it's um, um on the night so you know yeah if you're around the orlando area or, or you florida, travel to you know or you travel to orlando or you're in the florida area uh it's on november 19th and it runs from 3 p.m to 7 p.m mm -hmm. and the dungeon is open you're, there's no admission fee for shoppers and it's um, a good time to like, if you want to come see what a dungeon can look like without feeling intimidated, yeah. all the lights are on. So yeah, you know, it, it's, it's free to, as a shopper to go, to come into. And I believe if I read correctly, they're going to have both rooms oh, wow. open with okay. vendors. Okay. So it's a, uh, it's a big thing. Uh, if you look on FetLife, if you look up um, the woodshed and go to their, their group, they have the information on it, and they've listed all the uh, vendors that are going to be there. Mm -hmm. Or actually, I shouldn't say all. 
because at the end of the ones that are listed, they said there will be more right, added. Right, right, right. Yeah, because so, I think, think you, as a vendor, you have to do your part, like pay your invoice. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We did that. Like we got the yeah. invoice and five minutes later, I was like, pay. Um, so yeah, and I'll link to that in the show notes and I'll try to come back to YouTube and add the link. No, I will not link to FetLife on YouTube. No. Oh, nope, nope. Nobody, nope, nope, nope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, if you're not uh, able to shop, but you just want to come say hi to us, we will be quintessentially ourselves there. Mm-hmm. Um, as I said last week, and I'll continue to say, JB's, I know, not because of me. I know JB. He's going regardless of what shape he's in, and he will just have me prop him up on something if it comes down to that. Um, so you can just come and say hi if you <laughs> happen to be in the area. Uh, or you're, it's a, a drive you're willing to make. I know we got a lot of Florida folks who uh, yeah. listen to us, so that's cool and watch and stuff. So yeah, November nineteenth is very yep. exciting. We are frantically preparing um, uh, enough inventory to both keep the shop, the mm-hmm. online shop going, and do this. Um, can I segue just real quick? I'm not going to go into too much detail, but I just, I just, I just need to like, I just need to bitch. May I? Go ahead. I would love to send you to the kinkery.com right now, but right now we cannot accept payments. Why? Because the payment processor that we've used literally since the shop's been open and I used for two years prior to that. So a total of nearly five years closed our account as of today uh, because we are an adult business and that is apparently new for them not to allow adult businesses. Or maybe we just finally started bringing in enough money that they decided to pay attention to us and they don't like us. So, When did I find out about it? Over the fucking weekend, when the things that I needed to do to get a new payment processor, cause we are considered a quote high risk business cause we're an adult business. I couldn't do anything about till Monday. So we have started the process. Yeah. We will have a new payment processor at some point, but because we're a high risk business, I can't just download a little do lolly for the site, turn it on and get to accept money. We literally are gonna have somebody come to our house and take pictures of our inventory and our shop and our business cards to prove mm-hmm. we're legit so that we can accept credit card payments again. I came this close. Uh, sorry, podcast listeners, you cannot see. You imagine this fucking close mm-hmm. to us just becoming a fucking Etsy shop. I don't wanna <laughs> do that. I like having our own site. We just spent several hundred dollars to like fix our site revamp and revamp it, it yep. a little bit. <clears throat> yeah. That had been live about a week and a half when this happened. Uh, great. Um, but yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So it's the start of the busiest part of the shopping season of the fucking year. This is the thing that pays our mortgage. And we can't take sales right now until our new payment processor completely approves us and gives us access. And nobody can give me a good timeline because it's about availability and how long. And they can't really say how long it'll take, but it's a few right. days minimum. <sighs> So yeah, I'm a little cranky about that. I haven't been feeling very people pleasy about that one. It's fine. It's fine. The site looks pretty though. It does. You can add stuff to a cart. You just can't fucking check out. <laughs> I had to put that all over the Kinkery social media. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 It's like on on top of on top of everything else. <laughs> Just make make uh, a source of our very important income unavailable to us for 
an undetermined amount of time. This is fine. This is fine. This mm-hmm. is fine. Mm-hmm. We're working through it. We're, We're working, working through it. it. We're working through it. Yep. I'm trying to stay optimistic. When you get down in the dumps, I immediately turn on the optimism. Mm. God, is that my people pleasing as well? I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but we, in all of this, you're, you're back going out. Um, this happening with the site. Uh, a couple other things going on. Uh, well, you did something good did happen for you. Yeah. Um, something very good. Yes. A uh, number of years ago, going back probably about 15, um, I had a very severe um, sinus infection. And from that, because my ears plugged up with the, you know, all the nastiness that comes with a sinus infection, uh, mainly in my left ear, I lost my hearing. Now, after the sinus infection cleared up... Was it a up, total hearing loss or was it, it a It was partial? pretty much total. Oh, okay, okay. And um, after the sinus infection was cleared up, most of my hearing returned in the left ear, but not 100%. Um, I did go to a, a audiologist at that time. Um, he confirmed, yes, you've lost some hearing. Um, unfortunately, there is nothing we can do about it. And uh, he said, you, it may return on its own or, or it may not, and it'll just stay the same. Well, for a while there, um, it had been getting worse of, of late. Mm-hmm. In both ears. Both ears. And, uh, you know, this one kept telling me, you know, well, you need to talk to someone. And like, well, they told me there was nothing that can be done about it. And then I Googled and watched a video. Uh, Jessica Fozard, Calgren, Calgren Fozard, she has, she's deaf. Yeah. And so she talked about it. So at any rate, um, in between other stuff that's been going on, I do have a new doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, My doctor. I, I, I love her. She is great. Um, she listens to me. She talks to me, um, explains things. And um, I told her what was going on and she was like okay well we'll get you an appointment with with somebody to talk to um it will be three weeks tomorrow Mm, yep yep um that i had gone to see him and he was like yeah you 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 do have some hearing loss it's not extreme Um, one ear was kind of extreme the left ear where Yeah. yeah which we knew um and he was like we can help you (laughs) we can help you today (laughs) yeah um i i walked out of that office with hearing aids one for each ear and wow (laughs) yeah i had to warn the kids you cannot mumble behind this man's back anymore when you're annoyed (laughs) he'll be able to hear you Yeah. yeah, you can hear. I, you can I, hear I, again. I, I can hear it's again. Fucking amazing. Um, yeah, um, it, it was it was something that uh, was very unexpected uh, because of what I was told. Sure. You know that that time ago, and uh, it it has been amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every week on Thursday is our day. He goes in. Tomorrow will be the last. Tomorrow appointment, will be the last appointment, and they adjust it. 
so that he didn't go from nothing to full on the full availability of what he could hear right. all at once. So he's been able to adjust. And of course, there's an app and it yeah. <laughs> uh, syncs with his phone. And so he can hear. You don't even have to hold the phone to your no, ear to it, talk it, on a phone it, call. It, the way these hearing aids are, are made now, they're Bluetooth. Mm-hmm. Um, it automatically syncs with the phone. Uh, when my phone rings, it, it rings to my and when you didn't like what that sounded like, he like did a couple little things on his computer and adjusted it for you. And you're yeah. like, oh, that's better. Yeah. That's amazing. And, um, you know, yeah, he when he only when when he first put it in, um, he just turned it up like a third of what the full volume. Uh, last time I went last week, it was two thirds. This week it will be full up um because he said it's too overwhelming yeah oh yeah and your brain has to adjust brain has to adjust Mm -hmm. and um it it has just uh been y'all should have seen his face the only thing that would rival it for me this is personal i know the only thing that rivals his face when it got turned on the first time was when you watch those babies who are who are born not being able to hear and they get their first hearing aid and they like (laughs) hear their mom or their dad or like that kind of awe moment that was me i was like look at him he's so happy of course i'm playing it cool in the doctor's (laughs) office this one's not about me he's talking to the doctor i'm just there um the doctor's really nice we like we like him but he definitely sees a certain type of patient more often than not and so he was like oh yeah you probably got tired of the tv being loud you probably got tired of having to say what and i was like no (laughs) i got tired of of i didn't couldn't say this i was like i got tired of my daddy not being able to hear things and feeling very frustrated and very sad and did i say stand i think we were naked i think we were getting ready for bed and i stood in front of you hands on my hips and went we will go into debt for you to hear again i don't (laughs) care and we have uh, we opened yeah. our first care credit account. <laughs> I'm trying not to think about all the debt that life has thrown us this year, but yeah. I was like, if there's a way, and we can do it, yeah, and somebody will let us have the money to do it, <laughs> you're gonna fucking hear again. I mean, because you didn't even want to believe me at first, which I don't ever want to get people placing i don't want to get your hopes up when i research something because google can tell you anything that you want it to tell you if you know how to look right but i'd watch the video jessica kelgren frozard i always get her last names backwards but she's amazing she's in the uk love her videos um Mm. and she had done a video she's done many videos on her on her deafness and she did one on her hearing aids and talked about the hearing aid company and what they can do and i was like oh wow and that led me down a rabbit hole of but wait based on what you had explained about your hearing loss, mm-hmm. something like this might work for you. And you didn't want to believe me. And I know why you didn't want to get my hopes up. And then when you went and talked to our new primary care or your new primary care, my primary care, and she mm-hmm. was like, oh, let's get you in. And he immediately went, yeah. And also I have some here in stock for you. And not two days after that, and I had heard this, but I hadn't paid attention at the time. Um, you can now get hearing aids over the counter. You don't need a prescription or anything. But then depending on how you get them, you might have to DIY what he's been doing with you. Yeah. It's been worth all of it. It's yeah. been, it's been so yeah. worth it. Um, but I was like, oh, you're good. If you have it, if it's possible for you to hear again, you're going to hear again. I was not very submissive. And yet I was. Kind of other things that have been going on with me too. Junie said the same thing. Bionic JB. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm good with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've, I've been on kind of a ride. And um, some of you who are on FET, I, I kind of wrote a little piece. Oh, did you? About FET. I am just not on Just to kind of get, get it off my chest mm. and out of my head. Um, back in August, when it all kind of started... When I wasn't feeling well, mm. I was having some things that I didn't tell you about. Oh, yes. And then I had to get on to you for not telling me and then because you did, didn't you... want to go to the doctor. And then when I told you, yeah, you were. Well, and I understood it. You didn't want to go to the doctor that you had at the time. Right. And you did that thing that a lot of people do. This, the fix for that was very simple. But in your head, you built it up as this really complicated thing that you did not want to have to do. And I can do shit for other people I can't always do for myself. And I went, I got you. Yeah. And we got we got you to a different doctor, and now mm-hmm. you're happy. And so then you started working happy. on those things, yeah. And and I started working on those things. Um, been having a lot of tests. Yeah, we're waiting on another one. The insurance to authorize another one. Yeah. Um, they've they've been checking a lot of different things. Uh, I told my doctor what I've been experiencing, what I've been feeling, and 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 things of that. And. Yeah, I've I've had all kinds of crazy tests, blood work, and yada yada, and and thus far everything that's been coming back is that I am perfectly freaking healthy. Well, not perfectly. Well, not perfectly, but I mean, you know, gallstones. You have gallstones. Yeah. What I love, the doctor was like, they're not to the point where I would recommend surgery. Actually, if you want to look for a supplement, there are some natural things Mm -hmm. you can do. And I was like, it's not every day you're you're like doctor yeah. is like go, go I mean, look they, for the natural path well what what you said no, dude there are several gallstones but they're not blocking the bile duct right it's we don't have to do anything right. major about them right now you know, they've looked at liver they've checked my heart um mm-hmm. uh, looked at my lungs and and all this and um then on top of that when ian was a thing uh, prepared for Ian, got on your own, got everything around the house prepared for Ian on his own, and immediately after Ian undid everything I did, and on his own, my back went south. Now, I have a chronic back condition, um, have had it for many, many years, I uh, have kept it in check fairly well. Um, this time was worse than any time I have experienced. Uh, the pain was crippling. You were crying from it. Yeah. That's not, that's not how you um, normally it, it, respond it was, to pain. It went from my hip all the way down to my foot. Mm-hmm. And I could not lay down, could not sit down couldn't stand last night was what the second night second night i was able to actually stay, stay in bed for all the night? most part in in bed all night mm-hmm. um i in in the past i have gone to the chiropractor they've always done me well uh, we did find one uh she is being rather um conservative in her treatment because there are no current pictures Right. Of my back. Hopefully we can get the MRI approved by insurance. Right. So we're in, in, in flux waiting for an MRI. Uh, meantime, she suggested I wear a back brace, mm-hmm. which has helped uh, quite a bit. 
Um, still have a certain amount of pain, but nothing like. Right. I mean, once you compare what you're feeling now to what you felt then, it's almost like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Um, it's got you stretching. Yes. I mean, you are not by nature a flexible human being. I never was. No, even even at my youngest, right, I, I was never a, a, a bendy. So she showed you some pretty simple stretches. <laughs> and then I said, I'll do them with you. So one, you don't yeah. have to feel like, and one, I could use these stretches too. But there was one stretch that was about kind of twisting the hips. And doing anything with one foot on top of the other, twist the hips. I'd never seen it before. I'd never done it before either. But I was like, okay, I, I got this. And he's, she said, if it's more comfortable, do it on the bed as long as your bed's firm enough, you know, mm-hmm. which ours is, God, which is another part of our problem, I think. Um, and so I was on the floor doing them. And you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and I get up. And you've got your feet positioned right, but you yeah. weren't moving your hips or your legs. No. You're moving your upper body. I was like, that's right. that's not it. I'm sure <laughs> that this is not it. And I was like, okay, you just, let me just move you. And I was twisting him like I knew what the fuck yeah. I was doing. Uh, it was a that's comedy why, of errors that's and why delightful. I, that's why I bring you along for these things. <laughs> oh, I'm now, he can't drive because his right leg is still bothering him so i'm his chauffeur for everything and i'm part of me wants to go in and tell these doctors no look really he does not need his wife with him every moment of the day i'm just the chauffeur but also (laughs) i tend to be the one to go oh have you mentioned this problem so they're getting to a point because it's a lot of repeat visits with the same doctors are just looking at me like what else do i need to know Oh, okay. Apparently I'm going to all doctor's appointments from now on so they can get the full picture because you, you, we were walking into the chiropractor's office yesterday and you're walking better than you have been. And and Mm -hmm. we can see the improvement and it's nice to see it, but I'm like, I'm a little skittish. You're a little skittish. We're not sure if it's like real improvement. And you're telling me, yeah, I, I, I can't drive yet. My leg, my right leg still feels really weak. And I'm like, oh shit. Okay. Cause you hadn't said that to me either. Yeah. And we get in there and you're, you know, you know what to do to get yourself Pressing on, on the, the gas pedal is not a problem. It's, it's the, the brake. brake. And the brake is probably the most important one. Yeah, right. So, okay, I'll keep driving. <laughs> and um, Which kills him because one of his points of control is always driving. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so we get in there and you're like getting yourself situated so you can, because you got to take his back brace off, his belt off to get on the table, to do the adjustment, whatever, whatever. And and she's asking, how are you doing? How are you feeling? He, you're talking about your back. And then you were just stopped talking like you were done. And I looked at you for a second and I went, and he says his leg continues to feel weak. It's, I've, I had to insert, it's why I'm still here. I have to keep driving in places. And she went, your leg. And that's when we walked out with one, she like concentrated on a certain part more. And then we walked out with stretches for you to do. And I was like, yeah, that was pertinent information. Yeah. Glad I was there. Give you my look over my glasses. Yeah. yeah. So. So, you know, even even with me, you know, uh, we've talked about a lot of the stuff that's gone on over the past 18 months with us. And, you know, yeah, 2021 and, was a hellacious year and 2022 just went hold my beer. Yeah. I and, got this. Uh, you know, I um, with the stress, you know, from everything and. You know, all the demands of, of things between being my mom's caregiver and... We still haven't even sorted we, out we still the last of her estate. Yeah. She's got a house that's filled with stuff that's got to be dealt with. Yeah. And... Uh, we can't get down there. I, I did not do what I tell everybody else to do, you know, 
self-care is important. I did not take care of myself. No, he did not. He's still not doing a good job. Does anybody remember when I bitched during the hurricane episode (laughs) about a certain someone with a known bad back carrying two cases of water at one time? I remember complaining loudly about that. Now, I'm not saying him carrying two packs of water is what killed his back. Like, that's, uh, (laughs) we we can never know. But I'm like, I'm here. Submissive is in the title and the job description. Like, I live to serve you within my boundaries and limits. Yes, yes, yes. I'm already trying to do fucking yard work, which, oh, I am shop elf. Are you really telling me I can't pull some barrels in or carry a pack of water? Just let me fucking help you. We got, we, and when I say got into it, it's all playful at this point, (laughs) thankfully, because at the height of everything, when you literally could not do anything, you needed me. I I still, to a certain extent, help him get dressed. There are certain things he cannot do. But as you've improved and your own stubbornness, which is fine, I respect it, you do as much as you can. Well, this morning we were getting dressed at the same time and he was going to go work in the shop for a little bit before we recorded, which is unusual for a Wednesday, but. It's unusual times we're in and it's fourth quarter anyway. And he get, gets his undies on. He's going to, I know he's going to, if he can get his underwear on, I know he can get his pants on, but the socks are a thing. It's like hard for him to get his socks on. And I'm watching him and I'm watching him. I'm like, I'll help you. And I'm not jumping in, doing it for him. Like, I'm not going to infantilize you. You're going to tell me if you need help or not, but fuck, I need you to be a little less stubborn. I watched him struggle. Couldn't bend all the way down to get to his toes. I'm like, I'm happy to help you. It's, it's what I'm here for. I had for. to try. You had to try. You tried for an extra 30 seconds longer than you needed to. Because you just didn't want to go, yeah, baby girl, just help me put my fucking socks on. <laughs> and I, on, on certain levels, I get it. Like, not from having a chronic condition. I've Excuse knock me. on wood so far, I've been pretty fortunate. But when I've had to recover from stuff, I'm a stubborn patient too. Like, I respect the hustle, okay? And I understand, because I was raised by somebody with a chronic condition, of the fear of not being able to do it for yourself again. I I get that on from an observer's perspective. I don't get it personally. But I do understand it and I empathize. But also... If you trying so hard to do a thing that you still struggle with is going to hurt you more, you've helped nobody in that situation. Okay, just let me help you put your fucking socks on. Thanks. 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 I struggled from a caregiver perspective more when you were at the height of everything because you were in pain and stressed and tense and unhappy as you should be Mm -hmm. i feed off of your emotions i had my own stress and tension from it i felt like you couldn't be you because you were you were in that bubble of just dealing with the pain and the the fear and all of that and so it actually i got more i was it was harder to do the things you needed me to do because we didn't have our sort of repartee right and as you've recovered and kind of come back to yourself a little bit I can tease you about needing to do your socks. I'll drop everything to come help you put your damn boxers on. It's fine. Just call me. Whereas at the height of it, I was I was overwhelmed by it, which feels very selfish to say. Like, it makes me feel bad to say because I don't want you to ever be like, oh, I can't ask for help. She's overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed because I, you hurt and I can't fix you. I'm both a fixer and a people pleaser. Okay. <laughs> but as you've recovered somewhat. Yeah. Happy to help. Please let me help. It makes me happy to help. I know. You would do it for me. If I recall, recovering from the hysterectomy, there were a couple times you had to help me put on panties. 
Mm. Which is also a little sexy from, from my baby girl perspective <laughs> self. I was like, Mm-mm. I wasn't feeling sexy. It was hysterectomy recovery. But <laughs> it's still in the abstract. And there's yeah. something, obviously context is everything, but there's something a little sexy being down on the ground. The amount of times my face has been right in his junk trying to help him put his underwear on. And I'm like, this is supposed to be sexier than it is. Because it is. It's like I'm down on the floor. I'm way lower than you, which I love to be. I'm doing something that could be seen as a very subservient thing. It's like we just have to mind fuck ourselves and not go, oh, this is because he's not fully recovered yet. And he's got limited range of motion. And there may come a point your recovery may only get so far. And this might be our new, new, new normal. We just don't know. We just like reframe it yeah i'm on the floor at my daddy's and feet. and silent yeah with the shoes i i'm very grateful for slip-ons right now oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. i yeah. have not even tried to put my work boots on and the lace them up only thing i hate about that for you is that you get so much good support from standing when you're wearing those work boots that you're not getting not the getting, benefit of and, right but i also could not imagine you lifting, putting those heavy boots on and then actually lifting your legs. Yeah. I just don't see that going I, well, well, taking I steps mean, in with, them. with all this, I, I've not been out in the shop as much as I would like to. Even when I am out there, I'm out there for a less amount of time. I can only oh, work God, for yeah. an hour, two hours tops, and, and then I, I have to rest. Yeah, and I'm glad you listened to your body. If you didn't, and we had to continue this cycle, not because it's just an inevitable cycle, but because you're not listening to your body. You have yeah. nothing to prove to me. I know. I, you probably have things to prove to yourself, and I can't control that, but you got nothing to prove to me. We're a team in this. Yeah. I have learned how to do many things. There are a couple things that you still won't let me do. <laughs> not just the, the blade stuff. Like, you were buffing out knives to give them the, the edge to them that makes them kind of, even though they're wood, makes them knife-like. And you're like, no, I don't think this is something mm-hmm. you can do. <laughs> I was like... Damn it, because I would. There was one day you were starting to feel a little bit yourself and we had orders backed up that we couldn't finish processing because we kept sort of waiting for that magical moment of you to feel better. Mm -hmm. And I came up to you and went, look, you're just going to point me in the right direction. You're going to hand me the supplies. I am finishing these orders. Like it was like the day before. I was like, tomorrow, that is what I will be doing. If you can't stand, you can sit. If you can't sit, you just give me the instructions. I know the tools now. I'm going to go do this. And it coincided with the day you felt kind of okay. And so then you try to do too much. And the tough love clause means that even in my most submissive self, I can go, what the fuck are you doing? Please don't hurt yourself again. Please don't hurt yourself again. So, and I do. And I do. So, yeah. um, With all that, starting back in August and and working through and trying to figure out, you know, what's going on and, and, you know, because part of what I was feeling, I was very fatigued. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I would go out and, and work my normal time in the shop and and I would come back in and I was just I exhausted. I would just sit down and done. Don't ask anything else of me. Mm-hmm. You know, and now now my back. Yeah, it's going one thing after another. And yeah, it's not. uh and yet I haven't, maybe because I just haven't been here because I do now the, the pickup. I haven't seen you n- take afternoon naps quite as often. Is it just because I'm not here and you're getting them in anyway? You're still tired? Okay. Yeah. Not a bad thing. I'm just like, I'm so used to like mm-hmm. seeing him sit down and his eyes closed because he ha- tried to read like half a page well, and then he was out. And I just it, especially seen since my back went out, my sleep has been crazy oh yeah um not been able to get into a real comfortable position 
you know, laying, sitting, standing, blah, blah. And I, I end up, I sleep for a couple hours just out of sheer exhaustion. And then I wake up because I hurt. Yeah, It's not actual restful, restorative no. sleep. No. But the past couple nights. The past two nights. And I hope that is a trend that. Fingers crossed. Keeps continuing. So. Yeah. So. That's me. That's you. That's enough. That's <laughs> enough. I have a feeling we're going to slide into the end of the year, much like the end of last year, where we just look like we've been rodent hard and put up wet. <laughs> I just, woo. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be an interesting one. Mm-hmm. Hey, I keep saying, because it keeps being true, we've gotten through every other fucking thing so far. True. We'll get through all this, too. It's true. True, true. So. Yep. If there were other things I was thinking about, I don't remember what they are. Was there anything else for you? For us? Lola is snoring at my feet. <laughs> uh, the cats are wherever they are. They're yeah. They're doing their best little life. I heard Ella chirping kind of in her sleep. Little happy sounds uh, this morning. It was adorable. Uh, Onyx did a full loaf, tucked her tail and her front paws on the bed. I was like, damn, girl, you finally getting comfortable after two years. This month is the anniversary, two year anniversary right. of when That's we got right. her. Next month in November, two year anniversary of when we got Lola. Then December, mm-hmm. two year anniversary when we got Ella. Two years these girls have been with us. Wow. I know. And Lola continues to snore like she's a single mom with two jobs. I don't, <laughs> I, I'm sorry, life is so tough for you that you were that worn out. Or it's, gnawing on the gravel rocks in the backyard this is wearing her out i don't know <laughs> okay so i guess we should go huh yeah thanks y'all for being with mm-hmm. us for supporting us through all yeah. of this for being here through all of this um yeah i'm glad you could be here with me this week me i'm trying to keep my very anxious self who likes things to go a certain way because there's familiarity and comfort with them uh, more flexible so that if you have a bad week, I can come on and do my thing. And if you have yeah. a good week, then you're here and that might be our life. We don't know. And I'll try not to cry next time. <laughs> Thank you for being here so I don't cry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I could provide a service. You did. You did. You took care of me like the daddy dom that you are. <laughs> uh, we're going to go. Uh, thanks for listening, watching, mm-hmm. all that good stuff. And somebody will be here next week. Oh, and Friday night. And Friday night. YouTube live stream. Yep. Assuming uh, the recovery continues. Mm-hmm. Okay. Love y'all. Bye. Bye.